walk amongst the living, killing mortals for pleasure. Oh, you don't think dreams can die? Let's find out. Nightmares do not belong in the waking world. Oh, it turns out I fit right in. Dreams and nightmares are two sides of the same coin, though, aren't they? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast, where age is nothing but a number in life and in fandoms. I am Sheila Amato, and you can find me and my wife on our website at foreverfangirls.com. And I am Kimberly Amato, and you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at foreverfanpod, same handle, three socials. We are your hosts, and we're glad you can join us. Today's going to be probably our longest episode to date, I think, because we are going to be covering season one of Netflix's show, The Sandman, and there's so much to get into. Yes. So as always, spoilers are ahead. So if you have not seen The Sandman, please be aware that you will get spoiled if you listen past the banter. So pause us, watch the series, and then come back and listen to our discussion. Why are you using that music? Because I'm a Met fan and the Mets aren't doing well. Are we going through that again? I want to be in 86 again. Oh my goodness. Anyway, um, well, you know what? Let's not do that. Yeah, let's stop the banter. <laughs> wow, that's a quick banter. <laughs> well, there's a lot to go through. So you know what? It, it works out. Okay, so the summary from Google with absolutely no inflection. When the Sandman, a.k.a. Dream, the cosmic being who controls all dreams, is captured and held prisoner for more than a century... He must journey across different worlds and timelines to fix the chaos his absence has caused. Okay, so a bit more background. As Kimberly said, Dream is captured by Roderick Burgess, who wants to capture death in the misguided quest to bring back his dead son. When Burgess realizes he captured the wrong Endless, they take Dream's token of power away, his sand, his helm, and his ruby, and imprison him. Burgess and his family become wealthy and live very long lives as a result. Dream finally escapes, and after being gone for so long, his realm, the Dreaming, has fallen into disarray. He goes in search to recover his tools, which lead him to Joanna Constantine to recover his sand, then to Lucifer Morningstar to fight for his helm, and finally to John Dee to recover his ruby. Once he recovers all of them, though... Even though he becomes more powerful, he is despondent, and he calls on his elder sister, sorry, Death, and they spend a day together. Dream then gets a new perspective and purpose from that experience. I love the character of Death. I know you do. Again, apologies, because we're going to try to get through as much as possible, because we have a lot of notes to go through. Yeah. Um, So we're going to put the good and the themes together. So before we get started, though, I want to, to, in full disclosure, want to say that I have not read the comics. (gasps) I know, blasphemous. But that said, watching the series, I thought the story was utterly fantastic and quite thought-provoking. I'm still currently reading. My brother lent me all of the physical copies he has, including... uh, Yes, I know. I I see There's a stack of them. There's also like a, a, a guide that you read with it. In order to a companion, a companion, thank you, to facilitate your understanding of the stories, I am enthralled. Well, I mean, I didn't realize how many like siblings there are, right? In the series, they were telling death and um, dream are siblings, but they said that they had others, and I was like, oh, how how many are there? There are actually seven of them. Mm-hmm. 
that I didn't know of. So it's like, it's destiny, death, dream, destruction, desire, despair, and then delirium. And that they are children of night and time. I find that fascinating. And the fact that desire is androgynous, I thought that was ingenious, actually. Well, what is desire? If you think about it, desire is a manifestation of everything Everything. you want. Mm. So it doesn't have a shape or a form. It just is. Yeah, it can be like a little feline cat. That wants to eat a human and bring them together with its other kittens. <laughs> voiced by Sandra O. Oh. Uh, oh my goodness. Look, if I have a cat voiced by Sandra O. Oh, and that's the other thing, right? The cast is just incredible. There's just so many. Yeah. The minute you turn around, you're like, wait, isn't that the voice of blank? Yeah. Oh my God, that's so-and-so. And you find yourself pausing what you're watching mm-hmm. and looking at IMDb going, wow, this is a very rich, diverse cast talented cast yeah like you know mark hamill wait what what is luke skywalker doing in here um you know you and i have been watching a lot of stuff on Mm -hmm. streaming Mm -hmm. and there have been i've seen some comments where the special effects on this were somewhat atrocious and i i actually have to i have to fight back on that because considering what's out there and considering what's been done uh, the special effects for me were rather good. Yeah, I thought so. It pulled me into the the world of dreaming and hell. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen all of the other realms, but, you know. Hey, we need a season two, so. We do, because there's a lot here. There's a lot. I wanted to just dive in a little bit into um, one of the episodes that I thought was just phenomenal, and that is episode six. My favorite episode. Uh, yes, the title is The Sound of Her Wings. And, and I'm just going to interject, and I'm sorry for cutting you off. This is also my favorite book thus far. Yeah. And so it's it's about death and death, the sound of her wings, the her is death. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's where, it's right after death, uh, sorry, Dream got all of his tools back and he's rudderless. He doesn't know what his purpose is. And he spends that day with death and you see her being that kind face right before people die. Mm -hmm. And really got to me because you never know when death comes for you. Well, she takes a child and she's like, I know, little one. I know, but it's your time. And you were crying. Because it reminded me of when my brother died. And he was only six months, I think. But it was still done in such a beautiful manner. Yeah. So, like, when she talks to the older gentleman. And he lived a long life. Mm -hmm. And he was doing what he loved. And in the very beginning where she meets Franklin. And he's like, oh, you know, hey, you're just as good as as your friend here. You know, maybe I'll see you again. She's like, yeah, I'll see you later, Franklin. And you don't think about it. Right. And then at the very end of her day... She comes She's there for, for Franklin. Yeah. And he is learning as she goes through. He's like, why would you do this? Why do you go through this? Because for her, she's allowing them the ease of transition. Yeah. The scene that really got me was the husband and wife who were on their honeymoon. Oh. And yeah. he was like, just let me give her the codes. She She doesn't know what they are. They're on my phone. It's almost like I was seeing what would happen if... You know, you suddenly passed away. I don't have, like, we share a lot of stuff, but there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things that I don't know. 
when that happened and you you grabbed my hand, I was like, you know, that's the thing. Death, it's inevitable. We said that on our panel, happy endings are possible. Yeah. Death is inevitable. And something Emily Andrews said on that panel was, if you're going to kill someone, it has to feel earned. This felt earned, even though we didn't know any of these characters. But it's relatable. Exactly. Every character she took, we knew nothing about them, but we understood why it was happening. Yeah. And it felt gut-wrenching because it was so relatable and so authentic. And Dream having to witness all of that, right? It it renewed why he exists, right? To give people hope, to give them dreams, to give them thoughts and... Right. And, you know, um, there is actually a line in one of the episodes, I don't remember which one it is, I think it's uh, seven or eight, where he says he creates dreams and nightmares Mm -hmm. equally, because the nightmares are there to help people figure out and realize their fears and face their fears. Right. So he then after being locked away for over a century, he is reminded of why he is there that his purpose is to give hope and create dreams and nightmares for for people. And it is also interesting when they go through that because of the fact that he also, after being contained in this thing, not speaking, his raven dies trying to get him out, all of that, when he finds his purpose, his purpose has to be reinvigorated. His, I guess like his soul had to be reignited. Right. Because Because it just felt like, why should I help them? Look what they did to me. Which makes, which goes to a point, I'm going to ask people to put a pin in that. Mm. My little record scratch pin. (laughs) Um, I'm going to ask people to put a pin in that because that is something that I'm going to bring back in later. Mm. But you really need to give the series a chance. But once you get to this episode, it is just phenomenal from here on out. This episode to me is just brilliant. Yeah. And the graphic novel to me, the, the story that this correlates to, it's even better. Oh wow! All right, so I so will, we're gonna we're gonna have to keep going. <laughs> yeah. So I mentioned dreams and nightmares, right? And that they are also very powerful. In one of the earlier scenes, where Dream is trying to find his his tools, his sand, and he goes first to meet Joanna Constantine. It's there where we see the sand was actually being held by Rachel. And she was wasting away because she wanted to just have the dream of having um, her relationship with Joanna there, right? Because Joanna just up and left. And, you know, the reality was so painful that she didn't want to leave. Mm -hmm. And when the Sandman came and took back his sand, he was just ready to leave her. Joanna actually convinced him, no, you have to end her suffering. You're powerful and you already have your sand. Do her that favor. Help her. Yeah. And the thing is, at this point, he's full of trauma. Yeah. He is processing his trauma by being cold. And Joanna forces him to give a little bit of humanity. Yeah. And and I say it specifically like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of pins But that here. also um, comes up in uh, Lyda and, and she's uh, dreaming uh, yes. of her husband, Hector. Yeah. And the life they could have had. Yes. And he built the house that they always desired. And she ends up, because of all of the weirdness going on, she ends up pregnant. Yeah. And when everything falls apart here and there's cracks in the wall and, and Hector is saying, you can stay here, stay with me. And Dream comes in and says, no, you can't stay here. Yeah. You have no idea what you are doing to the fabric of reality and the dreaming. Well, that's because you, of the vortex. Because of there. the vortex, which is another whole storyline. I'm just going to do a side tangent. Everything in the series 
connects to everything else in varying tendrils and threads. And it really does require you to pay attention. It's a very big wide web. Yes. But, you know, her finally saying goodbye and accepting that he's dead and Dream just callously kind of throws him. Well, because she well, she's refusing to let go. She's refusing. She's to refusing to face the trauma. He is also refusing to leave. Exactly. Right. Hector does not want to leave mm-hmm. because he's like, you know, this was supposed to be my life. Yeah. He couldn't let go. And then when she wakes up and he's, but she's like, I'm pregnant and it's real. Yeah. So that laid the foundation for the whole Rose Walker thread. It was just like mind boggling. But again, that cold callousness of you've got to make that hard decision. Yeah. And he's going to make the hard decision whether he likes it or not. Because that's his job. That's exactly. his function. Some, and, and that is relatable to human beings because we do have to make a decision. At certain points in our life, you go A or you go B. There is no C. Yeah. So the other storyline about um, dreams that, that really got me was, you know, you were talking about the Vortex Rose. She has a younger brother, Jed, who is being abused by um, his foster parents. And the only way for him to escape that harsh reality is to go into a dream where Galt, a nightmare that Dream created, is actually helping Jed. Protecting him. Protecting him. She does not, she meaning Galt, does not want to be a nightmare. She actually wants to be a dream to help people. She evolved. She evolved. And Dream said, no, I created you for the purpose of being a nightmare. You cannot change. And that was a very big theme for me here is that, okay, you might have been born as or created as one thing, but that doesn't mean that you can't change. But isn't that also a parallel to him? Because again, at this point, he's still callous and cold. But it also highlights the fact that change is hard. Yes. When he was gone for that whole century and Lucienne basically stayed in the dreaming when others fled yes and tried to keep things running for him he could not accept the fact that things have changed while he was gone he he expected that everything would just become the same once he returned Mm -hmm. and it just it it can't you know the 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 saying is that there's only two constants in life or is it three death and taxes death and taxes but change is also change is inevitable inevitable and it's always going to be there But what's interesting to me is the nightmare of the Corinthian, that he's literally feeding on people's fears. He even, I mean, he goes to the the serial convention. I started dying laughing. He has spawned because of all of his existence. His eye sockets are teeth. (laughs) Yeah. It's horrifying. And yet the way he presents himself as this clean cut, amazing Southern American man who just wants to help people. Attractive. Yeah. He's everything that makes it easy to uh, look at and think you're helpful you're kind you're going to do all the stuff and he preys on that he remains a nightmare and when confronted by dream dream says look what you've done this is not what i created you for and he's like well it turns out i fit in here perfectly this is what they wanted look what they they follow me right he didn't change so what happened to him he died he came across the immovable object. Yeah. And and he thought he was an unstoppable force and he wasn't. Because dream created. Because you can cre- get beyond your nightmares. Mm. You can face your fear. Well, I was I thought you were talking about the fact that, you know, 
Um, well, dream obliterated dream. him. Dream made him and unmade him. Right. But the point is, if you think about it logically, you can face your fears and overcome them. If you can overcome them, he is no longer necessary. And mm. he's going to be remade better. Right. Because he was no longer helping people overcome their fears. He was killing them in their fear. Yeah. So it's a completely different thing. Um, I never in, thought in of that. In my opinion. Yeah, I never thought of that. That was actually a very good point. Okay, what other themes do we have here? Roderick. You know, he's as ruthless to his living son, Alex, and he's he's pining oh, for his dead one. Because, he can't get beyond the past. So he yeah. actually wanted to catch death, but caught Dream, uh, dream instead. Um, and he was demanding that he bring his son back. Yeah. And, you you know, Dream can't do that. Yeah, it's in, not. In general, not, even death. It's not part of his function either, so. You know, he he skips out on living. He's so absorbed in his nightmare of losing his son that he cannot live. Even though he has all the money, he's got the tools that bring him wealth and bring him all this other stuff, he cannot live. And he even, because of that, he has destroyed the life of his living son, who he he didn't even try to have a relationship with. Yeah. And then that son continued it. And basically wouldn't let him out until he spoke, but he wanted to let him go. You know, Alex seemed to want to let him go, but was terrified of the retribution upon himself. Yeah. And then he was in that for so long, he didn't know how to let go. mm -hmm. And it was actually his partner, if you remember, who pushed the wheelchair. And I looked at you, I said, the partner broke the seal. The partner will be okay. Yeah. Because the partner wanted no part of it. Yeah. And that was, again, you know, a great parallel with... Sometimes you have to make a decision. Yeah. Even if it's the hard one. Yeah. So I wanted to go to like another episode. I I don't know how it is in the comics, um, but... In the series, this is episode five, called Twenty Four Seven. Oh, it's a bru- it's brutal, um, and, and it, it was horrifying in the in the book. Oh, okay, it was horrifying to watch because it's it's about it's about truth and lies and how here John D, who has the ruby, just wants to have people tell him the truth because everybody has lied to him his whole life. life. Yeah. His mother specifically. Yes, lied to him, right? So he is obsessed about people telling the truth. And so he uses the ruby to have these six people in this diner tell the truth. And they can't leave, right? So he's, he's he's holding these six people captive, essentially. It's just because it is unfiltered truth, and we were talking about this, it caused irreparable harm to everybody there. It is interesting because they always say the truth will set you free. However, the truth is what you know it to be. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't have to go into all the different characters in the scene. I'd rather people watch it. Yeah. But the idea is if I say my truth to you, you are then responding to my truth from your perception, your vision, your experience, and your truth to you will then be spouted to me. I will respond to that truth with my truth, which is my perception through my emotion, through my experiences. And- it's so hard because the truth is somewhere in between, the reality of right. it. They devolve, d- devolve into violence and anger and end up, I think, stabbing and killing each other. Or, yeah. And basically, they all die. Yeah. Because and- at the end of the day, if you don't have a middle ground, you will never get through it. Right. And that's, that's, where, that's where listening and communication and all of that have to come into play, where you have to find a middle ground. You can't just spout 
truths as you know them and expect other people to see what you see. Mm-hmm. And, 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 he, and he also, it needs to be said, tinkered with the ruby. And his mother said the ruby has been changing you. Yeah. So we don't know if he was influencing these people through the ruby to say the truth he thought they wanted to say. Right. And I kept asking you that. Was it was it the ruby or was it him? I think it's left open for interpretation because he kept saying, that's really not what you think, is it? Yeah. And, and Bet, the waitress, would be like, no, I mean, no, I mean, and it was as if they were trying to appease him. him. It's right. what his perception was, which is, again, how his truth and his view and his experiences have shaded mm-hmm. his reality and what he thinks is true. Right. Because, you know, I could see people out there and have this fantastical story and it could be the furthest thing from their from the truth for their for their situation. Yeah, I can sit on you remember I always tell you sometimes I just love to people watch. And when mm. I people watch, I get ideas for stories. Mm-hmm. And it's just because you see people doing something. It's like, oh, that person, they're going home because they have a boat and they have a house and they have a this and they have a that and they fall in love with this person and that and you can just bring up this whole story and you can create a fictional world. Mm-hmm. And they could literally just be going home to their cats or their mom who's sick yeah, or their brother and sister who they're taking care of. You know, our perceptions really do color our lenses. Yeah. And this episode is such a horrific yet beautiful portrayal of that. Yeah. It's, it's and it's interesting terrifying. that it's a ruby red lens if mm. you think about it. Yeah. Because everything is just through rose colored glasses, right? Mm-hmm. Now... With you saying, um, you know, creating the story and all of that, it actually brings to mind the the bonus episode that mm. came out. Um, there were two of them. Well, there's technically one. one, but it's broken up into two two parts. And th- these one. two parts do exist as well in the graphic novels. Okay, so the that episode I think was the most disturbing to me. It's a reminder that humankind can just fall into the deepest depths of depravity Mm -hmm. right it's about this writer who can't write who can't find ideas and is trying to find a muse and lo and behold i guess his mentor captured one of the muses calliope and has kept her prisoner against her will and violates her in order to get inspiration it's, it was it, hard to watch it was hard and that this also is part two after we just watched the feline episode where yeah. the cats have, she says, you know, I trusted humans. I thought we lived side by side. And uh, the the father yeah, basically took her kittens and threw them into a river. And she said she felt them cold and screaming and crying and yeah, drowning. Because they weren't purebred. Yeah. And he couldn't sell them. And then she's like, she, you know, the mother or the wife was like, the, the cat looks lonely and upset, you know, where are her kittens. And he goes, what does she know? She's just a cat. She doesn't feel anything. Yeah. I bet you she's relieved. Again, their truth, their way of rationalizing the evil, the cruelty. I mean, Calliope in this episode tells him, the writer, you could let me go. Yeah, just let me go. Just let me go. And he's like, well, I just need one and then I'll let you go. The thing is, we all know once you get one and you taste that success, you want more. It's human human nature. nature. It's greed. It's just, if you don't know when enough is... And and look in today's society, even though this was written so long ago, look at today's society. The billionaires literally make more money in a day than a good chunk of the world. That is enough money. They should be paying their taxes. 
and they don't. Yeah. Why? Because they want more. Yeah. More, 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 more. They'd rather go to space than take care of world <laughs> hunger more. Yeah. It's it's a sad... It's pathetic. Sad. It is absolutely pathetic. Yeah. But that is what this episode said to me. If you think about it, this is what happens when people are in power. They abuse, they control, they demand, yeah. and they get the accolades yeah. for all of your hard work. And it's a lot about abuse. It's a lot about control. I mean, it. I know what it's like to not have creative, like anything in my head and knowing that I've made no money and I need to do something and people are asking where the next book is. I know that pressure and I don't have a massive following like this, this writer did in this series mm-hmm. or this episode. And to know that he literally, when he says, I'm not going to hurt you, I just need your help. And she refuses. He's painted himself into a corner. And then he goes upstairs and he abuses her. Yeah. That's what we're led to believe. And then yeah. when Dream basically says, you want ideas? Okay. Yeah. Well, because Dream, uh, apparently Dream was, is or was Calliope's husband. husband. Yeah. And the fates, she calls the fates and the fates say, we can't help you. Yeah. But he can. Yeah. Because then he can give the author all of the ideas, like you said, mm-hmm. and then force him into letting Calliope go. You know what I love about Dream? It's like, be careful what you wish for. Mm. Okay, you want ideas. And then all of a sudden, he's sitting there giving a lecture and he's got so many ideas in his head that he can't stop. He can't write them down fast enough. They're so never-ending that he literally starts writing in blood. On the wall, yeah. On the wall. It drives you insane. So he wanted ideas, so Dream gave it to him to the point of where, of the point of insanity. Yeah. But I'm sure if he had done that first book and then said, you're free, Calliope? Yeah, then maybe it would have been different. Yeah, he could have written the book and said, this is my last book. I'm not writing anymore. I'm going to be teaching. Yeah. He had a good career as a teacher. He could have walked away and just said, this is my last book. I have no desire to ever write again. And it's interesting that, you know, when he was being interviewed about his his successful books, you know, after the fact, you know, they were saying that, you know, it's it's shades of... The other author mm-hmm. who had Calliope um, imprisoned because it was not them. It's not them writing it's it. Her voice, exactly. So, um, and the fact that you know it it actually shows that Morpheus, aka Dream, sorry, I keep, aka the Sandman. I I keep interchanging the names. That he is capable of love himself. Mm-hmm. Right. That he. Ay ay ay. All right. Put a pin in there. So from there, you know, we're we're talking about like. Um, some positives here that I thought was incredible also is the, the found family aspect mm. specifically with Rose, um, Jed, Lyda, um, unity, you know, the great grandmother, you know, they, they found support despite the trauma that they all like individually experienced yeah. came together and still moved forward and built a life together. Yeah. And I thought that was just so beautifully done. And I guarantee you, those characters are very interesting for a reason. <laughs> it's one of those things where you get it. And again, there there's some characters that aren't that are part of that found family in the uh, the books that aren't. I keep saying books, comics, graphic novels, however you want to refer to them, that aren't necessarily in the series. That I'm fascinated to see if if we get a season two, if it do, if they do show up. Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to read these again, regardless when I finish. Then read it again. There's so much. I mean, I feel like I have to watch the series again 
because we've I, missed something. I've, I, I, I know I've missed quite a bit. Yeah. And the thing is, I want you to read first and then watch again. Okay. But before that, is there any other good or themes that you want to get into or should we get into the bad? Because we are running long. I think that we should go into the bad. Okay. Uh, it's it's not as much of a bad. It's more of a little picky thing. I know it is slow and hard to get into. The 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 story and the, and the books are similar. Um, you need to digest it slowly to get the full experience of the story. It does pick up... It, it just it has to lay the foundation and the foundation takes time it is such a very diverse and 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 wide open fantastical world that you have to have the foundation or the rest of it kind of doesn't seem to make sense Mm. if that makes sense yeah 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 um the second thing i'm gonna just go right into and this mostly the bad is gonna be me um (laughs) not that i'm bad just that i'm gonna be mentioning it all uh, for me, uh, a bad here is nothing that the Sandman or anybody in the show can actually contain or control. It is the Netflix algorithm. Mm. These episodes are so in-depth. And and I mean, we are so far into this episode. And if you are still listening, thank you. And there's so much to do with it that you actually need to watch an episode, sit and digest it, give it a day or so, and then go into the next one. And that goes completely against what Netflix wants. They want watch, 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 binge, binge, binge. Yeah. And And that is what their algorithm, at least, again, based on what I've been able to uh, Google, dig up, and everything Mm -hmm. else, because they're not transparent in how their algorithm or their analytics or whatever works, Mm -hmm. as we've seen with First Kill's cancellation, um, we don't, you know, they've right. watched a lot of people watch the episodes and they canceled it anyway. So we don't know what they're looking for, how they're looking for or anything. And until we have that transparency, we are not going to fully know what they want. Yeah. And in this case, it's somewhat of a detriment because this is such, it's so rich. There's so much in every episode. You really need to pay attention. And then you really need to give your brain and your body a moment to be like, let, Whoa. Yeah, let me absorb this and reflect on it a little bit. Yes. Yeah, because it's just it it's just so much. And that, yeah, it's, and it's that overload. Does, that does go against I I think um what Netflix wants. Mm-hmm. Um and finally, uh I I have to bring this up because it was mentioned uh by people close to me and I I scanned some reviews before we were going to do this cuz I wanted you to see did? I did but I wanted to see what other people thought of oh, this okay. specific issue and there were so many negative comments about uh specifically characters being gender swapped so like Lucifer is uh now a female character uh there's also I believe it was Joanna a Constantine uh, aka Constantine depending on how you prefer to say it is now female as opposed to male in the comics and and everywhere else. And uh, the character of death specifically is a person of color. And I just got to give props because that character, I was worried how it was going to be done. Oh, she's brilliant. Yeah. And I say that about a lot of things. I love her portrayal. Yeah. But I want to say something and it's, it's very, very simple. When you read the graphic novels and, and the comments that I am referring to, I am not going to, call out anybody or put any tags in our show notes. It doesn't matter. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. That's why I don't want to call anyone out. Yeah. They, they say they have read the stories, which is why I somewhat am, am slightly confused. And it's in a bad because I don't understand it. They are very angry and said that it, it's more for political... Um, Correctness. Thank you. Than actual story advances. And to this, I am confused. And I think it's off. And, and here's why. And you're going to have to bear with me. 
In the comics, Death mentions that when she transports the last human to the afterlife, her job as an endless is done. Uh-huh. Their purpose indirectly then ceases to exist. Right. Add to that that when Dream is missing, people fall into sleeping sickness and his realm deteriorates, right? It crumbles. Uh-huh. I can theorize that the endless then are manifestations of mankind so that the humans' lives, our very existence, are actually feeding the force that has created and sustains the endless. Our desires, our right. dreams, our nightmares, even though they create them, we are the ones that feed them. Right. You can go through that and you can say that the endless are supposed to be a representation of the humans. So if that's the way that Gaiman meant to go, then these changes made from page to screen are done to manifest that theory. They are done to make a representation of what society actually is that feeds the actual endless. And right. on top of that, to further my point, Dream finds a connection to a human, a uh, hobgadling. Yeah. And he feels human connections via friendships. He developed a friendship. In fact, they got into an argument. He didn't come back because he was kidnapped and all this other stuff. And he comes back later and he says, yes, you're my friend. Yes. In, you know, simple layman's terms. Desire impregnates unity while she was under the sleeping sickness. Which is like, oh my God, such Gross a violation. violation. But also... It shows depravity in how they execute their, quote-unquote, desire to destroy their brother, Dream. Mm -hmm. In the end, all of these extreme aspects of human life are represented in the endless, so the switches are accurate to represent the reality of society as it truly exists. So for me, these comments, I think, are more influenced by political media right now, Mm -hmm. and I don't understand it especially since this series, these books, the ones I have read thus far are so progressive for when they were released. I mean, I love the fact that they have interracial couples in here. They have same-sex couples. They have, they have everything. It's, it is the tapestry of humankind. It (laughs) encompasses a lot of different aspects of humanity. And you know what? If you don't change, you die, you get unmade. Mm. Yeah. But the point is, if you're going to live in fear and worry about change and, and what it physically means, as opposed to what it psychologically, physiologically, or, or philosophically, not physiologically, then I think you might be missing the point. And again, this is just my opinion, but maybe you're missing the point of what the entire Sandman series is meant to be. Right. So I could be off on a tangent, and I apologize, but that is how my head went when I saw those comments. I, I, I don't understand. Yeah. So I have no bad because I think that was enough. (laughs) So Um, then let's just jump right into the uh, cute. The cute. Okay. So Matthew, the new Raven, had a lot of like really fun one-liners, fun, Mm -hmm. funny one-liners. The one that that really stuck with me is, that's a crow. I'm a Raven. Common mistake. (laughs) Yes. I I love the character of Matthew. And amazing. I have to give... Uh, props to uh, Patton Oswald. Mm. It's funny because as I was reading it, mm-hmm. the voice of Patton Oswald, how he portrayed it, mm-hmm. is exactly how I could you hear it, it in, in my your, voice, oh, in my in, head. Yeah. So it was just like, <laughs> it, it was a perfect portrayal. But I'm also going to say uh, real quick, all of those little points were referenced in my rant up above about comments and, and the bad mm. and the confusion. So that's why all of that was brought in there. So, but back to our cute. Okay. The little kitten. It's just so adorable. And then at the end of that that mini episode where the kitten was on its back and they were like clomping oh, down. Yeah, and I, they're like, like, oh, it's dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there going, it's dreaming of eating you. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so funny. 
but, but it's so cute. It, it was adorable. And also, uh, love the way they did that episode. Apparently, it was like oil paintings or something. Yeah. It, it's phenomenal animation. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's another reason why people said the special effects were weird. Maybe it was that episode they didn't like. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, that was a special episode that wasn't part of the It was 10. a bonus episode. They right. released it later. They said it, it was like, the, the way they marketed it was, it's 10 plus 1. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. And uh, I have to say the older cat, in, in a cute section, I'd like to see a prophet, god, or king persuade a thousand cats to do anything at the same time. Oh, they're hurting cats. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it, I was just laughing at that because it is, it's hurting cats. <laughs> All right. Any other cute? No. Okay. So um, I think that is our quite long discussion about um, the Sandman. So now it is time for our Forever Fangirls rating. Drum roll, please. We rate the Sandman. 4.5 stars. Yay! Yay! And we agree on this rating. Okay. I have been talking very, very fast this whole episode to try to get through as much as possible. I'm going to slow down a little. I understand how difficult it is to bring something this beloved to screen. I mean, my brother is very much uh, uh, loves this series um, and has talked about it for many, many years. I've looked online and I can see how beloved this is. I fully agree that there are aspects I wish were included, but I kind of wonder if they were left out for time constraints or episode constraints or even financial constraints. Mm. However, this truly is a philosophical analysis wrapped up in a fantastical world of deeply rich characters. A viewer kind of needs to pay a lot of attention to every detail that is shown to you that you might even think is insignificant because it could come back up in the next episode, or frankly, at any time. Don't give up on it. Just give it a little bit of time, digest each episode how you need, and continue on, and read the original comics. I cannot thank my brother enough for sharing them with me. And, you know, when push comes to shove, the one thing that my brother and I completely agree upon, death might come for us all, but I'd rather have a goth chick with a fun attitude than a skeletal figure in a cloak with a scythe or a scythe. I say scythe all the time. <laughs> so in the end, just give the show a chance. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, we discussed a lot of what makes the series great. And, and Kimmy already mentioned that the comics were very progressive for the time that they were released. Um, what sticks with me is how much the series makes me think about how we deal with life with death, with tragedy, you know, how we work through the hard situations that don't quite work in our favor so that we can heal properly. You know, Kimmy already mentioned that there's a lot to digest and it's, it's really a thought provoking series and it's made me want to read the comics and uh, maybe I can convince Kimmy's brother to let us keep the comics a little longer so that I can read it. Maybe I can just buy it digitally. So we have it. Um, but we have the books. That is true. We have the books. So anyway, uh, that is going to be our very long show for today. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, were there any key points that we should have discussed? You know, let us know by leaving us a voicemail at www.speakpipe.com forward slash forever fangirls podcast. If you're listening to this uh, podcast on your smartphone, be sure to hit that little subscribe button. And if you do have a moment, please leave us a review. Yes. And so until next time, stay safe, be kind, and remember... Dream made nightmares for the purpose of revealing a dreamer's fear so they may face them. 
that as Galt proved, even nightmares can dream. So never stop reaching for your dreams. In the process, you may even learn how to conquer your fears. <laughs>